Okay, let's get started for this year's uh, Parsha Shlach, Tavshin Ayin Aleph. Uh, just to uh, schedule you know next week, this year will either be on Monday or Tuesday night. I'm not sure. We'll announce it and email it because <coughs> I'm flying on Wednesday night. Uh, so there's a Monday and Tuesday night, one of the, one of the nights we'll share them. And then Ezrat Hashem, for the, uh, the weeks in the summer, I'll try to get as many as I can, the weeks in the summer, we'll be having Shear. The show will be up on the website from Camp Cayley in uh, Wordsboro, New York. Uh, but still have Baruch Hashem two more in Eretz Yisrael, and it's only fitting that the parsha of Eretz Yisrael uh, is our discussion tonight. Just one thought to start off with, which I mentioned uh, last summer in a different context, um, but it's a, it's a parsha to mention it. That is parsha Shlach, as we know, the focus on Eretz Yisrael, and one of the major discussions in uh, the halachic realm is whether there is a mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael, the mitzvah of Yishev Eretz Yisrael. And the well-known omission of the Rambam, which the Ramban takes issue with. The Ramban, clearly, in a number of places, uh, writes that there is a mitzvah, separate one of the 613, to live in Eretz Yisrael. The Ramban writes this in his commentary on Chumash. That's what we did last summer, Parshas Masay. And he writes it also in his list of 613. He's very clear. The mystery is the Rambam. Because the Rambam does not quote living in Eretz Yisrael as a separate mitzvah in the 613. It's not there. Look all, through, all throughout the 248 mitzvah he does not mention it. There are those in the minority, the Megillus Esther, one of the Rambam commentaries on the Rambam, that says, okay, it's not a mitzvah bisman It's not a mitzvah. Maybe in the times of Yoshua, maybe in the future, but it's not a mitzvah bisman Ruba de Ruba of the post can assume that that can't be correct because there are many halachos that the Rambam quotes in his Mishnah Torah that are based on the fact that living in Eretz Yisrael is a mitzvah. Talks about the halachas about a husband and a wife and a, and a master and a servant. And the Rambam quotes a Gemara from Maseches Gittin that says that if a non-Jew is ready to sell you property on Shabbos, a piece of Eretz Yisrael, you're allowed to have the non-Jew sign for you on Shabbos, even though there's usually an Issa Rabbanon of having a non-Jew do work for me on Shabbos, but the Gemara says, and the Rambam quotes the Lashon, Mishum Yishev Eretz Yisrael, Lo Gazru Be Rabbanan. Because of the mitzvah of living in the land of Israel, the Rabbanan didn't make a decree. So it's pretty clear, according to Robe of the Postkin, that there is a mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael. So then the question is, why doesn't the Rambam count it? He obviously holds it to mitzvah. It's clear from many, many sources. So why doesn't he count it? So Robe of the Mepharshim assumed that it must be included in a different mitzvah. It's not one of the 613 separately, independently. It's included in one of the other mitzvahs. So which one? So there are many options suggested. We're going to do one of the creative ones tonight, and that you have in source number one. Source number one in the Eretz Chemda of Arieli, he suggests the following. It's clear in the Rambam. It's clear from what I've quoted earlier that there's a mitzvah to live in the land of Israel. And this is a mitzvah that exists even while we are in exile. Obviously, we still yearn for Yerushalayim Abenuya, but if you can get to Yerushalayim, so you get to Yerushalayim, you get to Eretz Yisrael. So what's the source? Where in the Torah? It's Every parsha Kemah talks about the centrality and the unique nature, the Bechira nature of Eretz Yisrael. But where's the mitzvah? So where's the mitzvah? Says the Eretz Chemda. Benching. What's benching? We know Mitzvah Daraisa, the one bracha that is for sure agreed upon that is a Mitzvah Daraisa according to everyone. Birchas HaTorah is a machlokas. All other brachas are Darabanan. Birchas HaMozan is for sure Daraisa. It's the only biblical bracha that we make. But if we look at benching, most of it is not about food. Only the first bracha. Hazanas, and it's not even oh, directly food. Hazanas HaOlam Kulo. You don't just say, thank you Hashem for giving me the, the bread. We include ourselves in the entire world. But that's the first bracha. But then if we look at the next few brachos, based on the Gemara, there are other yesodos that we have to mention in benching. And if we don't mention these in benching, we're not yotze benching. We have to mention bris and we have to mention Binyan Yerushalayim. And we have to mention Talmud Torah. 
And we have to mention Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Chemda, Tov the first one. No Delecha Hashem Elokeinu. Eretz Chemda, Sezer Vareili. That's part of the definition of the Mitzvah Da'oraisa of Benching. To mention, to give Hoda on Eretz Yisrael. To give Hoda on something. Thank you so much for this land. You don't have to live there. Doesn't make sense. If you have to thank Hashem for something, obviously, thank you for this wonderful homeland. And then what? Then you don't have to go there? So what kind of thank you is that? Now, thank you. Say somebody wants to give you a present. No, no, no. Thank you so much. Wonderful, but, but it's okay. I already have one. I have a different one. Right? I have a different homeland. Chas v'shalom. Says the Eretz Chemda. Line 7. Ubracha zuvadai she'ena kshurim amazon she'achlu. The bracha, the elements of Eretz Yisrael is not connected to the food that we ate. Sharigam kishachla amazon mechutzla aretz chayevan lavarech. Even if I eat produce and grain from chutzla aretz. Nothing to do with Eretz Yisrael. I still have to mention Eretz Yisrael. Elashi bracha alshen chilanu la'aretz. Like the Gemara says, we have to mention it. Nimsa line 11. So what comes out? We have a mitzvah to be makir tov on Eretz Yisrael. We have to be misakin the chait of the maraglim every time we bench. It's part of being misakin. So, says the Eretz Chemda, that is our opportunity. And from the positive, you know the negative. To be mezalzel and to say something negative about Eretz Yisrael. Line 17, skip two lines, and here he says what we said. How do you say thank you for something? By enjoying it, by taking part in it, by making it a part, a central part of our lives, ultimately by living there. If somebody chooses and doesn't give serious thought and try as much as they can, and ultimately, you know, Kodesh Baruch Hu knows who tried. But as long as somebody, if somebody doesn't try, I'm very comfortable where I am. The unique opportunity. And as we know, many of the Rishonim and the Achronim throughout history tried to get here. Some made it, some didn't, some yearned for it, but couldn't because there were, there were bandits running through the land, there were no roads, there was no food, there was nothing. Now, you know, like, oh, no pizza store within five minutes. You know, so we have to measure exactly what the, uh, in relative terms, but says the Eretz Chemda, it's included in the mitzvah of Birchaz HaMazah. That's where he thinks it's included, and the Rambam includes it, in the mitzvah bench. Okay, that's just getting us started related to this parsha, which we could call parsha Eretz Yisrael, parsha Shlach. Okay, if we look at the first Rashi, the second Rashi, Hashem says to Moshe, Shlach lecha anashim, the Yasur at Eretz Kenan, Asher Aninosin lahem, Aninosin lebnei Yisrael. Send men for you, and they will search out the land. We've spoken in past years exactly what is, was the chait, but let's focus on a Rashi. Shlach lecha. Says Rashi. L'daytecha. In your opinion. Shlach lecha for you. Ani eni mitzav lecha. I'm not, I'm not commanding you. In tirtza shlach. If you decide. Wonderful. Then send. L'fisha bo'o Yisrael v'yamru. Nishlachan Hashem l'faneinu. Because the Jews came and said. We want to send spies. K'moshin emar. Atikr v'nalai kulchem. Moshe nimlach v'shchina. Moshe went to Eretz Kadosh Baruch Hu. Amar ani amarti lem sheitova. Shnemar alas chemi ani misoyer. Hashem said, I don't understand. I already told them it's fine. What are they asking? Chayim shani nosin lemachem l'tos. They want to ask. I'll give them. I'll make it very open for them to have bechira chavshis how they're going to view this land. I wanted them to trust me. They don't trust me. Send mini mitzi di says the Kadosh Baruch Hu. I'm not interested in these miracles. And it was Moshe who sent them, who agreed, which is a question in itself. If Moshe thought it was a bit, bad idea, then how, how did he agree? How did he acquiesce? But that is not for now. But let's see in the source number two, in the Yagdo Torah, he gives a mashal to help explain this rash. What do you mean, Shlach Lecha Hashem says, I'm not, I, I don't know, I told him already. So a mashal to help us understand it better. Ubiyah B'Melech, line three. From the there was a tremendously wealthy king. 
And he wasn't only wealthy, he was very, he was full of Midas Tovos. He was benevolent. He loved his subjects. He treated them well. And many times he said, you know what, you can't pay taxes this month. That's okay. He tried to help them as much as he can. They loved him. He was a beloved king on his nation. He never had any kids. Until he got older. And then he had one, one daughter. One daughter, she also had Alamilus, Nefesh. Obviously he had tremendous love for this for this single daughter. And the question is, who was gonna win who was gonna win the princess's hand in marriage? Who was it gonna be? The king had in one of his Armonot, in one of his treasure houses, he had a nephew. He had a nephew at Benachiv, Shehityatein Mehorav, that was orphaned from his parents, and this king had been raising him. You know what? He's related. They're related. It's in the family. So you know what? No, it's worth a try. It's worth a try. He's been working for me for so long. He trusts me. I trust him. You know what? I'm going to suggest it. So the king says... I'm gonna, I'm gonna test him out. I want to see how dedicated he is to me, because after all, I've given him everything in life. I've raised him from when he was a little child. I've taken care of him. I took him all over. So what does he do? He says, I have a daughter. This one tonight. You can't see her beforehand. Trust me, she's amazing. Trust me. Right, this is not going like the, this is just a mushal, it's not like going like the Gemara and Kedushin, that you're not allowed to get married before you, before you see her beforehand, but this is a mushal. So he says, no, trust me, I've given you everything. I've always given you everything, trust me on this one. And he praises her. All of a sudden, he got into himself, Look what I've accomplished in my life. Look how I'm doing. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not, I got to see her first. Got to see her first. And the king got upset. What do you have to see her first? I've given you everything in your entire life. I tell you, this is amazing. She's an amazing girl. Just, just do it. Don't lose the opportunity. And he didn't give in, and the rest is history in the mushroom. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given us everything. He took us out of Mitzrayim. He's given us the man and the food, water, all miraculous, Kriyas Yamsuf. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm taking you to an unbelievably gorgeous land. Everything you've ever dreamed of. And I'm going to be Masher Maishchina there. Harsina is going to continue there. And today Israel say, we want to see it first. What do you mean you want to see it first? I've given you everything in your life. What a lack of bitachon. What a, what a rejection of the Ava that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given them all these years. That's the problem of the Miraglim. Chein Khan, line 19. No, we got to see ourselves. The Heru they showed Sha'in Lahemes Ha'emuna Hashlema. It was a lack of bitach and a lack of a lack of emuna. Luhaisa Munasa Mishlemus. Had their emuna be complete, they would have gotten right away, they would have gotten married right away. Kabiyacho. And that's why Hashem says, Shlach Lacha Midaitacha. Because I have, I have no reason, and I'm very upset that they did this. Maybe you need another 40 years to help you with her emuna. Like we mentioned a couple weeks ago, the beautiful thought of Rav Pincus, they needed more years in the Yichud room. Right? The wedding was Kabbalah Satara, they needed 40 years in the Yichud room to be able to come to the level of emuna with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and ultimately get into Eretz Yisrael.
So why did Moshe Rabbeinu agree? So that's not for now, but this is the mashal of of uh, the Yagdal Torah on Shlach Lecha Midai Okay. Moving right along. Perak Yud Gimel Pasik Tezayin. So we know the beginning of the parasha lists off all the names of the Nesim. And then right after the names of the Nesim, These are the names. Yehoshua. Yehoshua gets the Yud. It's been hanging in the balance since it was taken away from Sarai, says the Medrash. And now it's given to Yehoshua. We discussed last year a thought from Rav Salvechik. What's the message of Sarai and Yehoshua and the Yud and the Hay? Okay. But this is Yoshua. We know the Rashi. What does Rashi say here? Yoshua. Nitpalel alav. Ka hoshiacha me'atas meraglin. Ka. The Yud is Yehoshua. The Yud and A is Hashem's name. Hashem Yehoshua. Save you. Yeshua. So Hashem should save you from the, from the meraglin. You shouldn't be influenced by the meraglin. Hashem davis for Yoshua. His, his faithful Talmud. Question one. Why didn't he daven? Or need to daven for Kalev. Right? There were two. There were two tzaddikim. There were two good, good miraglim. So why did Moshe only have to daven for Yehoshua and not for Kalev? But he was strong enough himself. Right? Yeshua was pretty strong. He was going to be the next Gadol Hadar. So what? Question one is why did he only have to daven for Yehoshua and not for Kalev? Question one. That is the first question of two that the Chavetz Chaim asks. So what's three? This is in the Chavaz Chaim Torah. It's also in a footnote in Shmir Salashin. So I'll read it to you from the Chavaz Chaim Torah. Uberashin is pal of kol shiach hamayatzim meraglim. B'tzorach lomar, tzorach laayin. B'bnei malo his pal gamak kali ben yifuna. Halo shneim b'dei achas hayu. Question one. Question two is really the flip side. If you look later on in Pasuk Chafes, the Chavaz Chaim quotes it. It says they went up and they they went to Chevron. They stopped off in Chevron. On the way. Why they go to Hebron? So Kalev went to Davin at Kever Avos. One of the earliest sources of going to Kever Avos. Kever Avos. So Yehei Nisas L'chaveirav Leos Beitzasam. So he went to Davin. So again, the question is, Yeshua didn't need to go Davin at Kever Avos. Only Kalev need to Davin? So Yeshua is the only one that Moshe Davin for, and Kalev is the only one that went to Davin at Kever Avos. Why didn't each of them have to do what the other one did or what the other one got? Those are the two questions of the Chavetz Chaim. Really, one question which really flips into two. Umadolo halakam Yoshua, line six. Vigam mashakasa besofa parsha. And even at the end of the whole section where HaKadosh Baruch Hu praises the ones that stood strong, only Kalev is mentioned. The Avdi Kalev Ekev Haisa Ruach Acheres Imao Vayamalei Acharai only Kalev is mentioned. Right after the whole parsha, Kadosh Baruch Hu gets upset, and he only mentions Kalev. So why is only Kalev mentioned at the end? Says the Chafetz Chaim. Next page. Let me explain. Everything fits in perfectly when you think about what's going on. There are two strategies that Yehoshua and Kalev could have used at this moment in time. When they were surrounded by people who were trying to bring them down, when they were surrounded by people who denied Bechiras Eretz Yisrael, there were two strategies. <laughs> If you're in a situation where there are people that are wanderers in the world of spirituality and a person has to stay strong, what do you do? What do you do? There are two opposite behaviors. Number one is to vociferously and loudly state your views and make sure they know it. In front of them, say your view. The Yarevimo and fight with them. Fight with them, not literally, but with your words. That's number one. That's one way to do it. Be strong and loud. And on the other hand, there's another way. Pretend, don't say a word. 
You know, just go around, give the ahas. They could think that you're with them. But deep down, you won't be. Eventually, you'll say your shita. There's two ways, to be loudly against them or to be quietly. Each derech has a maila and a chisaron, says the Chavetz Chaim. The yesh b'chol derech maila v'chisaron, line 7. Ba'ofan arishon, in the first way, the first behavior, yesh maila, what's the maila? What's the godless of the first way? De'im yishtok, kol oso hazman, v'gam yaskimi mohem, la'at la'at ha'holet kocho ha'pnimi u'mitchalesh. If I'm loudly against them, there's no way I'm going to be slowly seeped into their beliefs. They know I'm against them. They know I'm fighting with them. So they're over there and I'm over here. So I'm standing up for what I believe in and they're against me. So over time, I'm not going to... It's not easy for me to be pulled over. V'dugma, k'mosha omed adam b'choref. If somebody's outside in the freezing cold, if he's standing there doing nothing, eventually he's not going to make it. He's eventually going to die of frostbite. If he starts jumping around and he's active and he's moving, says the Chafetz Chaim, stays hot. Stays hot. So on the one hand, this first approach has a milo because you're not going to be drawn to the other side. But on the other hand, there's a danger that they're going to be out to get you. They hate you. You're bringing them down. The PR that your problem that you're causing is all the newspapers are reporting, right? So they want to get rid of you. So that's 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 the negative of this approach. You need rachmi shemayim. So that's the first derech. To be loud, it's great for your personal... You'll stay strong in your views, but you might, you might get hurt because of it. And you have just the opposite relating to the others. Uba'ofarasheni, line 14. In the other way, you have the opposites. Nobody's going to try to hurt you because they don't know that you're against them. The old ma'ala yaseira and also... They'll, they'll be proud that you're on their side. They'll love you. They'll, they'll, they'll present you in front of... They'll give you a podium to speak from because they think that you're going to say what they want to hear. So that's a myla that you have. But on the other hand, you have the negative of slowly, slowly, you might be pulled. The exact positive of the first one is the negative of the second one. Says... The Chavetz Chaim now. That's background. Now we get to the answer. Moshe Rabbeinu knew the kochos and the darke ha'avoda of each of his special miraglim, Kalev and Yoshua. He knew their, their, their personalities. He knew how they would behave. He named Moshe Rabbeinu, all of us, Shalom, Yoda, Baruch HaKodesh, Eskochoseyem. He knew. Yehoshua, Hayekocho, Bofan Arishon. Yoshua was the one who stood up. Everybody knew he was unique. He stayed at the bottom of the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. That's why he needed divine protection. So Moshe davened for him. Because he needed to be protected. Who knows what they're going to do to him? He's going to get up and scream at them. That's why he needed, he needed the tefillah of Moshe Rabbeinu. Kalev didn't need the tefillah because Kalev was the more quiet one. But for Kalev... Kalev was the Mokoko Hashemis. What did he need? He needed not to be seeped in over time because he was being quiet and faking them out. See, he went to Davina Kevaravis. Please don't let me over time be influenced by this group that I'm going to be in. He didn't need the bracha because there's no way that he's going to be hurt. And that's why when they came to Hebron, he went to Davin at Kevaravos because he needed the Kochos Apnimium in order to help him through the time. And that is why fascinating. When they come back, what does Chazal say on Vayas Kalev? Kalev quieted them down. What does Rashi quote? They thought he was going to say something against Moshe Rabbeinu. And he got up and he said, Do you know what Ben Amr did? And they said, Yeah, what did he do? It was the mob mentality. He said, You know what he did? And he said, Yeah. He gave us the man, and he took us out of Mitzrayim. And he said, There's only wonderful things for us. But why did they think that? 
They didn't think good about Yoshua. The point is because college kept quiet. We mentioned in the past, they even mentioned Moshe's name, but that's what the Chavaz Chaim says, his beautiful way of answering all the questions at once. And that is why just the last question, at the end, what does Hashem say? Why does he only praise Kalev? No, because he's saying a specific praise. What's the language of the Pasuk? Ruach Acheres Imo. He had a hidden Ruach. He had a hidden spirit in him. That was the point of Kalev. Skip down. Vehine, line 29. As I just said. Like Rashi says, He used that strategy in order to quiet them. And both of these are that both of these are two, two ways. person has to know their own personality, their own way of what's going to work in the, in the specific situation, but both of them have validity in terms of our avodah. And that is why the Tosefta says on line 35, sometimes one is before the other one, they're both correct. One could choose either one of these drachim in order to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu if one is in this situation that uh, one has a certain environment that they have to keep strong in and not be influenced by the outside. Okay. Moving right along. Let's talk about a chazal that we already mentioned, but now let's read it uh, and focus on it a little more. Yud Gimel Chavbeis. Sorry, Yud Dalid. Yeah, Yud Gimel Chavbeis. Kalev goes to Chevron, Chav Beis, Kalev Levado Halachshan. Again, Kalev himself went there, finished Tadech al Kibri Avos, Shalo Yehe Nisas the Chaveir of the Ospeit So we had a larger Marechas from the Chavis Chaim, just one specific Nakuda that Rev Yerucham clues us into. Source number five quotes the Rashi, and then he says a thought, and then interestingly, he talks very personally. Says Rev Yerucham, in the middle of line two. A person who's, a, who's amongst a bad chevra, think about Kalev. Kalev was Kalev ben Yefuna. Kalev was a, was a nasi, the nasi of Yehuda. Right? Kalev was strong. He needed he needed some kever of his help. He didn't have it himself. It says Yerucham, you know what you see from here? The power of the sviva. The power of a chevra. He needed Kalev and Yefune. He might have been influenced from the chevra without the the, the tefillah kever of us. He was so worried. Had he not been marbe b'tefillah, it would have been basically unnatural not to be influenced. We are influenced by where we are and who we are with. I know, Rabbi Yerucham is giving a shear now. I know that some of you tell me, listening to me hear this and you're like, oh, come on. It's such a big deal who we hang out with. It's such a big deal of our chevra. There's a generation gap here. Says Yerucham. An old man like me and young kids like you, it's hard for us to have a conversation. You are young. You don't have life experiences yet. To learn situations in life. I'm telling you, says Yerucham, from my life experiences, there is innumerable, and immeasurable chalalim. Literally, that means corpses. Chalalim of a chevra ra'ah. I don't want to be marich, but just know that's the message from the Rashi. The power of a chevra. Kalev had to go davin a kever avis to make sure that his friends in quotes, didn't influence him. And again he repeats, line 11, when we're younger, 
and we feel like we could do it alone and we could do everything we want and don't worry, we, we, we tell our parents or tell our, our kids, tell us, oh, don't worry, don't worry, doesn't matter who I'm with, I'm good, my values, my, my state. A young person thinks to himself, I'm not going to be affected at all. Right? If I, if I want to, I'll, I'll go away. Chazal don't think that way. Chazal don't think it's so easy to separate and, and cut ourselves off from who we are with. Haim v'divrehem emes. Baduk u'menusa. Checked and experienced. Yoshua ben Nun v'kale ben Yifuna nitzlu mechev azreim ach v'rak b'ribitfilus v'shituach al-kivrei avos. Yoshua ben Nun only because Moshe Rabbeinu davened for him. Kalev only because he davened at Kever Avos. Who were the Kever Avos at that time? Avram Yisak and Yaakov. That's what, that was Kever Avos and Adam and Chava. Kama im kain yasim hadam einov libo v'chalam alolis rachi mishachin ra ule his davik b'chaderim tovim the importance of a chaver the importance to know who we are with. Okay. Moving right along. Another well-known Chazal that we'll try to get a deeper understanding of. If you look in the, when the Meraglim come back and they give the report, Pasuk Lamed Beis, Vayotzi'u dibas ha'aretz asher taruos ha'abnei Yisrael emar. B'nei Yisrael said as follows. Ha'aretz asher avarnu v'alasurosa, the land that we passed through, Eretz ocheles yoshvehahi. It's a land that eats its inhabitants. And there's a land of giants. It's giants and it's a land that eats the inhabitants. What does that mean? Very unusual phrase. So Chazal pick up on it. What does Rashi say? Wherever we went, there was a Leviah. We went here, there was a Leviah. They would keep burying people. They were just burying people. It's obviously a land that, that kills its inhabitants. They didn't think like, so how were there any inhabitants left? Okay, they didn't think that deeply. But it's a land, Ochelas Yoshveha. Vahakadish Baruch Hu Asa Latova. Really, Kadish Baruch Hu was doing get Latova Tam. Kadeh Latarzam Be'evlam, Valayinu Leil Elu. He wanted to make distractions. He wanted to create, like we see in the current events sometimes, that certain countries try to do something in certain areas so that the rest of the world doesn't look at the other areas that they're, that they're uh, involved in. So here too, Akadosh Baruch was doing was sending a smoke screen to the Anshe Eretz Kanaan at that time, so they wouldn't focus on these little Jews coming in. But they thought, Ah, oh, Eretz Ochelas Yoshvecha. Says the cipher. What exactly were they? What was their mistake? And how did they make such a mistake? Quotes Rashi based on Sukkah on, on the Gemara in Sota. I'm sorry. Um, let's start with where it's underlined. It's all about attitude. It's all about what they were thinking going in. Because if you think about it logically, so then it didn't make sense what they were seeing. Let's see the stifler. If they just would have thought a little bit and opened up their eyes, they would have realized this is Michaz de Hashem. So that the Kananim wouldn't think about them. And they were learning tremendous chizik to go in. They would have thought, look what Akadosh Baruch was doing. He's guarding on us, even while it's just 12 of us when we're going in. Wow, he must love this land. Look at the tremendous Hashkach HaPratis that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does. They would have thought a little bit. But because they had the negative attitude going in, They viewed it, no, it's not a Kedai land. Everybody's always at Leviah's. Think about it for a minute, says the stipler in the Berchaz Peretz. It's impossible that this is what the land does. Why? It can't be that people die every day. So then how does anybody ever do anything in life? 
if this is something that always happens and every day people are just at Leviah's, so how do people make a living? And how do people accomplish anything? Shekenu tamid, it's impossible. Why? It's known. They see people crying at Leviathan. They see people. If this was so natural that this land everybody just dies in, why are people getting so upset? This is just something that always happens. This is something common. This is something rote. If it's something that happened every day. The fact that these giants seem to be making a big deal about these Hespadim, about the Leviathan, is obviously something unusual. It's obviously something surprising to them. Klai Yisrael didn't see that. Ki again, Sha'adavar HaRagel, Zeroshim. So that their Ragel too doesn't make an impression. The Yeh Mashiach. Even the most exciting, amazing things. Because something amazing. But if, if, it's, if I'm used to it, so then um, it's not going to make the same impression. There's a Pasuk in Yechezkel that the Gemara Darshins I didn't give it to you. That whenever we went into the base Hamikdash, we weren't allowed to go out the same door that we went in. You had to go out a different door. So pasuk pasuk in Yechezkel. What's the message? So the Bali must say because even the second time that I experience something, I'm not as impressed and awestruck as the first time. Kadosh Baruch Hu wants us to be unbelievably in in awe of the base Hamikdash. This is the ultimate, most beautiful building in the entire world. You go in one door, you got to go out a different door. Can't go out the same door because we want you to have a different, unique experience. How many times did Bnei Yisrael do it? Three times a year. Maybe if they came one other time, four times a year. If we do something four times a year, you know, well, it'll make a depression on us. Somebody once said, if we said for Racham only on Yom Kippur, we'd have Kavana. Problem is, we say it every Monday and Thursday. The more we do something. So they, they were making a big deal about these Leviathans. So Bnei Yisrael would have just thought a little bit they're making a big deal. It must be something unusual. Huh, why are they, why are they all dying now? <gasps> Maybe Akadosh Baruch Hu is creating a smokescreen. But they don't think that. What do they think? Eretz Ochelos Yoshvecha. That was their mistake, but it's all because it was the original attitude going in. Because it doesn't make sense otherwise. Ve'ilu ha'isa ve'emes, line 16. Eretz mishakeles, yom yom, b'chol makom u'makom, lo'hayu anshikala ir, metaplim u'trudim, v'hesmen ha'velus. Rak kol yachra shalo. The family would have gone out the whole city would have gone out? No. The They were so tarud that they couldn't recognize little people from grasshoppers. They were so tarud. It doesn't take so much to think. If somebody is totally a basket case, then they can't think straight. That's what they were. They were all basket cases. They must have, they should have thought, this is not normal. And you could see from their reaction it's not normal. But they didn't think that. And... Therefore, what happened, happened. But the Birchaz Paris, the Bible teaches us, it's all on attitude and just thinking logically. Thinking logically. Okay. A couple more ideas for the evening. Again, some of these are questions that we related to earlier, um, like the one we have right here. Towards the end of the section... Yeah, the Chavetz Chaim related to four questions. So we're just going through some of them separately and adding on uh, extra thoughts. At the end of the Parsha, the Parsha of the Meraglim, not the, the Parsha Shlach, the end of the section of the Meraglim, so again, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Va'avdi Kalev Ekev Haisa Ruach HaCheres Imao Va'imale Acharai Because my servant Kalev, he had a Ruach HaCheres and I brought him to the land, V'zaro Yerishana. Wonderful. So the Chavetz Chaim gave one idea why only Kalev is mentioned. Rav Sarutskin gives another idea. Says the Aznayan Latora. Va'avdi Kalev. Va'lama lo hiskir ha'pamis Yoshua. Why isn't Yoshua mentioned? Rak la'alon. Only in five sukkim from now. In Pasuk Lamid, that's where he's mentioned. Im atem tavol la'aretz. I promise none of you are going to go into the land except Kalev and Yoshua. So he is mentioned, but just not originally. The Chavaz Chaim said it's dafka ruach acheres. That was Kalev's mission. But why the Zion Latar picks up on first Kalev is mentioned, and then a couple of Sukkim later, Kalev and Yehoshua. Says the Zion Latar. The Yeshlo Momizem Musar Haskel, line 6. One can learn a Musar from this. Sha'akadish Barachu Ma'anish Es Ha'adam Lo Rach Ba'ad Minias Asias HaMitzvah Oatochacha Ogam Ba'ad Ha'ichur. Shalo asa as hamutal Allah bismano. Af sha'asa achar zman. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't only give us rewards and punishments for our mitzvahs and averos, but he sees if we do them in a timely fashion. And he sees with how much alacrity we get up and do it, or with how much uh, we get it done, we get it done, but you know, our, our zeal and our zrizus you know, leaves what to be desired. The Kaddish Baruch doesn't care about just getting it done, but how it's done. The zrizus element. In general, zrizus magdimin. But it's really an attitude that we have. Isi, the Sefer Echad. He says, he even saw in a Sefer, Shagadol Yadua Baba Chalom Achar Ptiras Lachamitamidav. One of the Gdolim came to one of his students in a dream after he was Nifter, and he told him, Shemotzet Tzadik Echad Omid Balal Shabbos Kodesh Al Pesach Ganeidet Veshaloso. And he found somebody who's sitting outside the Gan Eden door. That's what a Gan Eden, right? A big sign on the, on the walkway, Gan Eden. He's sitting outside on a chair. What's going on? Why aren't you, uh, you didn't get an invitation? Not invited. Well, on Friday afternoon, he was already wearing a suit. He, went, he wore a suit to work. So why, why should he switch his, his clothes now? Oh, he'll go into Shabbos like this. Tomorrow morning. You want to do it tomorrow morning? So you're going to Gan Eden tomorrow morning. It's Midah Kenegan Midah. You want to delay with the mitzvah? So, okay. Kodesh Baruch would delay with the mitzvah. You got it done in the end. You want something special for Shabbos. But when is it special for Shabbos? Shayla Rishosli Khan is the Gan Eden. Malayli Shabbosos. You got to wait till the morning. Haray, what do you see from that story? Says Rav Saratskin. It's not just about doing it, but it's about how we doing it and doing it when we can. If we have the opportunity to do it, not procrastinating with a mitzvah, with a chesed. Haresha onshim ba'ad mitzvah. The delay as well. That's the pshat with Yoshua and Kalif. Why? Because what happened at the beginning? Vayas Kalev, Kalev speaks up. So yes, according to the Chavaz Chaim's Vart that we said, only they would have only listened to Kalev. But this is a separate idea. If you don't go with the Chavaz Chaim's Derech, only Kalev starts acting at the beginning. If you look at the Hope Sukkim, what, Yeshua tore his clothing afterwards. Okay, but what happened before? When they first come back, who stands up? Only Kalev is mentioned. He's the only one that stood up and said something. And only later Yeshua gets involved and starts tearing his clothing? Says the Rev Sorotskin. Kalev got involved right away. HaKadosh Baruch Hu acknowledges him right away. Yeshua waited a couple of extra psukim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu waits a couple of extra psukim. So it's a perfectly commensurate with our behaviors. Whatever we do, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to give it back to us. So he says, Shaharei, line 21 on the bottom. B'tchi lo no marak v'yaz kalev v'yamar alo nalev. V'ilu Yoshua shasak v'lo hoi v'lo micha. V'rak l'achar sh'parat ha'meri no mar v'yoshua b'nun v'kalev v'nifunek aru b'gdeyem v'yom r'tovar es ma'od ma'od. L'fichach madudu lo k'midaso. That's how Kodesh Baruch Hu did exactly what they did. Sh'pivam ha'rishona, the first time, hizkir Hashem l'tova u'la b'yasar es rak es kalev. Just kalev. So people might have thought, where's Yoshua? Chas v'shalom nigzer akzera on Yoshua for five psukim. The rock b'pama shnia b'diyuk k'mosha asa Yehoshua his kiru Hashem l'biyas ha'aretz. Yeshua delayed a little bit. He's going to go to Eretz Yisrael. But I'm just going to tell him a little bit later. Kiim kalei ben Yefuna v'Yeshua ben Nun v'hiktim gam kan and he was makdim hin lomrot chashivus l'shal Yeshua even though Yeshua ben Nun was the next leader. He was the next Baal hamasora. He brought Moshe kibot Torah misinai musara liYeshua. Even so, in this mitzvah, he wasn't as much of a zariz, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu delayed it a little bit. And um, Kalev gets his schar. Kalev gets his schar. Okay. Moving right along. Yudalad Gimel. So the Miraglam Sin. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says... Your punishment is not to go into the er, into the promised land, into Eretz Yisrael. So they say, what should we do? So what do they say? Let me just find the Pasuk. After Moshe Rabbeinu um, gets a little bit of Salachti Kivarecha, and then at the end, they say, Vayedaber Hashem, I'm sorry, let's go, Perik Yudalit Pasuk Gimel. Perik Yudalit Pasuk Gimel. 
after they um, after they complained, right? They uh, said, you know what? Let's go up. Let's go up. Darki Musar, source eight. Vine Akatilas Moshel Hashem, Nomar Vayashkimu Vaboker Vayalo Roshahar Vayomru. He nenu vi alino makam shemar shem ki chatanu. The ma'afilim. All of a sudden, Klaisel is ready to go in. Right, two psukim ago, they were crying. It's a terrible land. Eretochelos Yoshvera. They believe the Miraglim. It's terrible. Kodesh Baruch gives them a patch, and then all of a sudden, they're ready. Is it purely because of the punishment? They were punished, right? You can't go in? Okay. Is that it? There has to be something deeper here. What changed? All of a sudden, they hated the land. They didn't want to have anything of it. That didn't change. That Nothing changed about what they know about the land. It was what the Miraglim said. HaKadosh Baruch Hu punishes them. And they say, no, okay, we're ready, we're ready, we'll go in there. Is it only just that they didn't want to get punished? There seems to be something deeper here. Right, said that Pasig Mem, I'm sorry, you dialed Mem. We're gonna go up. Why are you violin? If you will sit slough, don't go up. And they don't listen. And we know the story. They were beat back. They were beaten back. So the question is, what changed? What changed from we don't want any part of it to let's go? Says the Saba from Kel. Daki Musser quotes it. Unbelievable thought. Comes up all the time in our lives. Vikasha, line three. Manishtana et slam shad akshav bachu varatulashub mitzrayim. What changed up until now? They didn't want any part of it. Veloli kanis laret Israel. Viakshav lahefich. His ablu ma'od vahochu lihi lachim yimasiris nefesh. Likanis laret Israel. What changed? Says the Sabbath from Kelm. Simple. Simple, simple point that explains everything. When you have to do something, it's very hard to do it. As the Gemara says, If I have to do it, it's so much harder. To get up to school, oh, Get up to work. Oh. Get up for vacation. Catch an early morning flight. No problem. There's a natural defiance. There's a natural anti-feeling when it's something that I have to do in any realm. If I have to do a project, if I have to do a anything, doesn't matter what stage of life we're at. Lachain. So therefore, up until this point, Hashem wants them to go to Eretz Yisrael. See, you know what? The Yitzhahara was fighting us. Don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go. And he was fighting us, and we blew it, and we lost. The second that we're punished, all of a sudden, there's no more Tzivui to go in. The Yitzhahara says, okay, I'm finished. So all of a sudden, they say, okay, let's go. Because they didn't have to anymore. Lachain. Kozman, shahay salahem mitzvah likanis la'erit Yisrael. Pita osama Yitzhahara shalom yelchu. Uvachu misramu. We don't want to, we don't want to. The second that Hashem says, you're never going in. You're going to die in the midbar. The Yitzhahara says, my job has been completed. I'll go find another area. Then logic came back. Because there was no more Yitzhahara. There was no more Yitzhahara. And we find this as well. You can look at the paragraph that we're skipping. Interesting. We're going to skip it for now. Ubedavar is that line 19 though. Matzina beparshas bo. We also find this in parshas bo. Where the Pasuk says, Daber no ba'oznayam v'yishalu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe Rabbeinu, Please, Daber no. Please go ask B'nai Yisrael to take gold and silver from the Egyptians. Please go tell them to take it from the Egyptians before they leave. Why? Because Chazal say, I don't want Avram Avinu to be so upset with me. I promise that they're going to go out with a lot of riches. Rashi says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to say, please. HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to say, please tell them to take gold and silver. We discussed this last year, Parshish Bo, earlier this year. We had one answer then. But he gives another answer relating to his thought right now. 
The second that it's something, that it's a mitzvah that you have to do, the Yetzirah starts fighting. The Yetzirah starts they could have come up, come up with all the different svaras in the world not to take the, the gold and the silver. I'm going to take it from the Egyptians. I'm going to stoop to their level. I'm not going to take anything from them. And that's why God's Baruch had to say, please. But really, it's in every area. Tamid, Right? Even if the Seichel is Machayif. And then he even says, I'll give you another example. We have it here, we have it by Mitzrayim, and we even have it in the Halacha. In the Hilchas Tefillah, the Gemara says in Mesech Shabbos that you're not supposed to start a meal Mincha time, before you daven. But if you already started eating, you don't have to be Mavsik. Okay, you can finish eating, as long as you're not going to miss the Zman. You can finish eating and then daven. The Gemara asks, what's called the beginning of the meal? When I wash? What's the beginning of the meal? What's called Hilchah Aschuta? The Gemara says, Mizman Shepasach Esavneto. From when you open your belt. They used to open their belts when they ate. You know, you got to fit in the food. Right? So they used to open, take off their belts. And they used to wear togas. Maybe they, 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 they loosened up a little bit when they ate. So that's what they did. They loosened, when you loosen your belt, that's already, that's it. Ask the Gemara, she is Okay, so forget it. Why is that called starting? So dive in without the belt. What, it's so hard to tie your belt again? Just put your belt back on. It's so, what, it's, I don't understand, says the Gemara. What was so hard? So the Gemara answers the first question. No, he can look across the Lokech of Yisrael. You have to look, not, not, uh, you have to look in a proper way to daven the Baruch Hu, and that's why you need the Avnate for Tefillah. It's one of the Makoras for Agartel. If you say that you need an extra belt for Tefillah, or it's just the, the belt or the elastic on our pants. But that answers that one question. Ask Tosas, what about the other question? Is it so hard to just tie the belt up again? Right, Tosas says, Are we the Tirchaklau? Says the Sabbath from Kelm. Says, the second that you have to do it, it's the biggest deal in the world. A little deal turns into a big deal. It's a little nothing. I have to do it. Right, that's it. Right? As parents, we all know. If we ask our kids to do something that they have to do, forget it. Whatever they they can do projects that they don't have to do, they're just getting together with their friends, making the second they have to do homework. I have to do this? No way. I'll do it later, I'll do it later. But that's 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 the that's the ma'afilin. The second that the tzibui to go to Eretz Yisrael stops, boom, they want to go to Eretz Yisrael. Okay. One final point for tonight. Another Rav Yeruchim. Two Rav Yeruchims tonight. We know at the end of Parsha Shlach, again, there's a lot in all these Parshas, and the Parsha Shlach is the Parsha of Sitzis. Parsha of Sitzis. And Sitzis has a lot about Zechira. Zechira. As we say every morning and every evening, you will see them and you will remember all the mitzvahs. And that will help you not to stray. By the way, this is one of the six mitzvahs tweedios. We made it this week's parsha. This is the unknown one. You know, there are six constant mitzvahs. The Sefer HaChinuch lists the first beer halacha. Lists all the six constant mitzvahs. Belief in Hashem, not believing in other gods. Yichud Hashem, God is unique. Avaz Hashem, Yiras Hashem, and Velosasurach Not following our hearts and our eyes where they're not supposed to be. Those are the six mitzvah, constant mitzvahs. Um, there's a new art scroll safer that just came out. Somebody told me it's uh, excellent. I didn't get to look at it yet, but they said it's an excellent uh, book about the six mitzvahs to videos. Um, okay. So there's a lot of zechir. So it says it's chayim is called Hashem, and then the next pasuk Laman tizkeru va'asisim is called mitzvosai. What is zechir? Says Rabbi Yerucham, what does memory mean? What does memory do for us? Murgolam anu lachshov, source number nine. We usually think, we're accustomed to thinking, al inyin zechir v'shichicha b'ofan pashut. We usually think of it in, the, in a simple way. Kedim yon shichicha b'davar gashmi, like I forget something, like I, I forgot where I put something. That's memory, I forget something. 
I forgot. Where did I put this? Where, right? You forget something. That's what memory is. But there's a Gemara in Sanhedrin which clearly says memory is something much deeper. The Gemara says, you're not allowed to start a Din Torah on a Friday. If you start in the middle of the week and it goes over, okay, what could you do? But you're not allowed to start it on a Friday because you need at least two days. So you're going to continue on Sunday? You can't have that break. Why? People are going to forget things. But, but one second. There are the, there are the court scribes. Right? There are the, there are the courts, uh, what are they called? The stenographers. Right? That they, they, they write every single word that's said in the court. So what do you mean you're going to forget? Just go back and read the notes, read the minutes. You'll know exactly what you said. Says the Gemara, Nihi de Puma Kosvin, Liba de Inshi Inshi. They write down what you say, but not what you feel. They can only write your mouth and not your heart. Rashi, Liba de Inshi Lokasvi, Vaafagavsha Zachar Loli Yasoda Tam, Nishkach mi Libo Yeshuvo Latamo, Vein Yachol Yasro Velasi Tam Hagan Kavari Shona. Memory and forgetting is not just information, but it's feelings. And it's deep connections too. If there is a certain way that I'm feeling, and I'm involved in something, if I have to come back to it at a later date, it's not the same. It's not the same. I'm not in the same state that I was earlier. Sometimes that's a good thing if you want to like calm down, having an argument. Okay, let's just take ten minute break. Then we'll calm down. Maybe much calmer. The Indian, the information, the facts are not forgotten. It could be. From Friday to Sunday, they're not forgotten. You can also look what's written down. But what's in your heart, what you're feeling, how you're viewing things, that's something much deeper. That's something much deeper. And he gives a mashal. So sometimes when we're learning, he says we're learning a topic, preparing a sugya. Sometimes, even before we get to the end of the sugya, we could feel, we could feel the... The, the answer coming. We could feel the idea. We didn't work out all the details yet. But we could feel we have an we have the idea. Right then, even before we get to the end. So, we have the idea of the sugya. But the, did this ever happen, Asher of Yerachim? This happened to all of us. We look back at something that we wrote at a certain time in history, whether it's notes on a shear, whether it's, I don't know, a class. Like, what did I write here? You see exactly what he wrote. What do you mean? What did I mean here? What was I thinking? You try to re-research something that you did already? It's totally, you're, you're in a different world. You know all the information. It's right in front of you. Memory is not just about knowledge and information. It's about a feeling. It's about a connection. Says the, says the Rav Yerucham now, next paragraph. Akasav Omer, what does it mean that a Balgaiva forgets Hashem? What? He forgets there's a God in the world. He doesn't forget there's a God in the world. Nobody forgets there's a God. When we're not thinking about Hashem, if you ask anybody on the street who's doing something inappropriate or ask any of us, you, of course there's Hashem. But there's a difference between knowing and Shivisi Hashem Lenegi Samid. Shivisi Hashem Lenegi Samid means we remember Hashem. Not that in the back of our minds, there's a knowledge. That's not called remembering. That's not remembering. Remembering means a connection to. Line 36. What's the second half of the Pasuk? Not as famous. Because my right hand I do not forsake. You don't, you don't forget your right hand. It's part of me. My right arm is part of me. The connection to God has to be just like my right hand. That's what it has to be. HaKadosh Baruch has to be like our right arm. Just like in Same thing in that Pasuk. We have to have that connection. So Zechira is not just a superficial memory, but Zechira, memory, is a deep connection. And that's the pshat that we say 
in sits in parsha sits is uzachartem as kol mitzvos Hashem. Lo man tizkru va'atzizem as kol mitzvosai. Doesn't just mean on a on a on a super in a superficial way. It means in a deep level. Shavit Hashem l'negi summit the feeling, the approach, the inner idea of what we're supposed to be feeling and. In that way, says the Rav Yerucham on line 45, It has to be clearly in front of us uh, throughout our day. So we should remember all of the gifts that Kaddish Baruch Hu does for us, especially this week, Parsha Shlach, the gift of Eretz Yisrael, the gift of, of um, everything Kaddish Baruch Hu gives us. And we should be Zochet to the Gula Shlema, not just having Eretz Yisrael now, but having the Complete Ula ben Herav Yamein. Next week, with Hashem, again, the Shia will be either Monday or Tuesday night. I'll send out the email. I'll make an announcement, put it out on all the lists. And uh, then after that, it'll be, uh, I'm not sure exactly what night of the week in, in the summer, but with Hashem, it will be up. Okay, we'll stop here.